Alrighty, so here is the long-awaited birth story everyone has been requesting on TikTok. If you are new here and you, well, you would be new here because it's my first episode, but if you did not find me on TikTok and you've just stumbled across this podcast, um, this first episode is going to be very different to what the actual content will be. I have just had this story requested many a time from my beautiful followers and it's too much to fit in a 10-minute I mean, the maximum is 10 minutes on TikTok and I think this story will take at least 20 minutes. I have recorded this three times and it's 45 minutes every time. I'm not doing that again. So I'm going to condense it down. But if you are new here, my name is Scarlett. I have a TikTok account called Neurodivergent Diaries and I recently gained um, about 20,000 followers. I started the account in October, but um, I gained just in the last week, about 10,000 followers because I recently had a chemical pregnancy with a marina placed and I mentioned in that video of me taking the pregnancy test that if I were to get pregnant again, I could die Um, and my delivery story was awful from last time. I just am not built to be pregnant or deliver children and everyone wanted a birth story. So I will mention in another video my health conditions because a lot of people want like a full rundown of that. That'll be a separate um, podcast. I keep saying video. I've, I've been on YouTube for 10 years and then TikTok, so I'm just not used to this audio-only platform. But these will be filmed eventually whenever I get around to it and I get a proper setup. We are waiting for some proper microphones to come because my husband will be doing most of these podcasts with me. It's just this one. He's at work and it's just not one that he wants to be part of, I don't think. I didn't ask him, but he gets mad PTSD from this birth story. So also, if you heard the intro music and you know what it's from, Please leave me a comment on TikTok or um, leave a review, even if it's a one star, I don't really care. Leave a review and let me know where it's from because we will be best friends for life. Um, So I'm going to jump straight into this birth story. I just want to give another quick disclaimer that it's very gory. It is very TMI. So if this is too much for you at any point, please exit out. Um, I'm not going to hold anything back. If you follow me on TikTok, you know that I am very, very open with absolutely everything. Um, So this will be like every little detail. Now, if you would like a pregnancy story so that you can understand why my son was premature and you like if you want a more in-depth story, please let me know because I did mention it in the last two like versions of this that I have recorded, but it's just too long. Like it's it takes 20 minutes just to tell you guys what the pregnancy was like and what happened. So, um but I did have a premature baby because of an incompetent cervix. So that's just the gist of it. Um but yeah, and again, another disclaimer Most of the episodes of this podcast will not be like this unless you guys request it. Um, But yeah, this is just a very serious one. I'm going to try and keep it as light as I can and not be like super intense about it. Also, if I'm talking too quickly, I do have ADHD. um, So I'm sorry. I'm doing my best to try and be like as quick as possible and I don't know, not make your ears bleed. So let's jump straight into the story. So... I essentially went into early labor at 33 weeks and four days on a Friday. So on the 5th of September, 2014, I woke up that morning. I was in hospital. I'd been in hospital since 28 weeks on bed rest. Um, And I woke up that morning and I was having contractions. I got monitored every morning and night with, I think it's called a CTG, um, where they check to see if you're having regular regular contractions and they were still slightly irregular but um, definitely bigger than what I was used to. So they gave me some more. I was on a blood pressure medication that um, helps reduce contractions. So it did make me very woozy but um, it, it worked very well to keep the baby in there. So I think they upped my dose of that and just monitored me. 
that night I lost my mucus plug and um, showed the midwife and she's like, yep, that's your mucus plug, but it doesn't mean anything. It can grow back. Like, don't panic. And I was like, okay. The next morning on the Saturday, um, on the 6th of September, I had requested, because I was supposed to be released from hospital at 32 weeks and they wouldn't let me out because they're like, oh, I don't know. It's not a good idea. Your cervix is getting shorter and, you know, you're getting closer and closer to delivering this baby. So I just said to him on that Friday, actually, I said, can I please have a day pass on Sunday for Father's Day so I can go out for lunch with my husband at least? And he's like, yep, I'll check you tomorrow morning. And if it's all good, I'll let you go out on Sunday. He comes in Saturday morning, checks me and goes, you're not going anywhere. And I was like, why? And he's like, you've got no cervix left. Um, you are not in labor yet, but it's going to happen in the next, within seven days, you will deliver this baby. So you cannot leave this room. Like you've got to stay in this bed. I was like, righto, all good. No worries. I didn't think too much of it. Cause he said like in the next week. So I thought I had some time up my sleeve. Flash forward to Sunday morning, father's day at the 7th of September. I woke up feeling very sick and in a lot of pain and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I didn't really think too much of it, to be honest. I wasn't worried. I wasn't panicking because I don't know, it just felt very surreal. I got out of bed and went to go and have a shower because I always showered every morning and every night. I, I don't know, the heat of the water just made me feel a lot better. Turned the shower on, got undressed and I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. I could not stand up because the pressure in my pelvis was so bad. So I got back into bed, my husband, and I went back to sleep and my husband came and visited around lunchtime and he's like, you're not okay. I hadn't eaten. I was very sick. I just felt awful. I was in a lot of pain. I was very, very irritable. So uh, we called the midwife and I let her know around 1.30, I think it was, 1.30 PM. And she's like, all right, I'll give you some Panadol. And that was it. Like, she's like, I'll give you some Panadol. And I was like, oh. And she said, oh, we're going to change your sheets soon. So do you want to hop up? And we let, like, let us know when you're feeling well enough for us to come do that. And we both looked at each other, my husband and I, and we're like, does she not realize that this isn't normal for me? Like, what's going on? Because all these midwives knew me. Because like I said, I'd been there for six weeks. Um, anyway, so the they did changeover. I found out later on it was because they were about to do changeover half an hour later because the changeover used to be at 2 p.m., um, and they were going to do changeover and they, she didn't want to have to stay back and do the paperwork. So whatever, it was fine. The moment they changed over and I got another midwife that I loved and who knew me very well, I buzzed her and I was like, hey, something's wrong. Like, I don't feel good. I've got real bad pains. And she, before she even came in, she walked in with a wheelchair. So they must have talked about it and like knew that I was going to have to go and get checked. So she's like, yep, we're just going to wheel you straight up to labor and delivery. We'll put you in a triage room and just have you checked. So they put me in a triage room, which is not a delivery room. It's like a, a room where you get checked to see whether you're delivering essentially, or you're about to deliver. So I go in there, see a different midwife and they put a contraction monitor on me and I'm having these cramps and the cramps are matching up to the contractions on the monitor. And they're about every five minutes apart. And I was like, Oh, that's not good. And the midwife wouldn't really say anything. I'm like, am I in labor? And she's like, no, no, you're fine. Like she wouldn't tell me anything. And to preface that, it's because I was very, very anxious. I got very worked up very easily, which is obviously not good for the baby. And due to the pregnancy and the horrificness of the pregnancy, um, they were very careful with how they gave me information because otherwise I would be hysterical. So for all that, re- for all of those reasons, they were very hesitant to really tell me anything of importance. Um, and then I said, don't bring my doctor in unless you have to because it's Father's Day and he has kids and I didn't want to ruin his day and they're like oh no he's actually happens to be in the hospital visiting somebody else and I'm like oh okay 
neck minute, he runs in puffing. And this man's in like a flannel because it's, it's not winter anymore, but it's still cold in Toowoomba. He's in a flannelette shirt and jeans. And I had never seen him in anything other than a suit and tie. Like I was shocked. Anyway, he comes in. He's like, I'm just going to pop you in a delivery room and check you there. And I had been checked many times before during this pregnancy thinking we were like, we thought I was in labor and I'd never been done in a labor and delivery room. So I knew like, this is not, not a good sign. So I went in there and I laid on the bed and he has pops a speculum in, has a look and he's like, yep, you're having this baby today. And I burst into tears. I'm like, it's too soon. Cause he was only 33 weeks and six days. And I was like, it's too soon. It's too soon. I don't want to have this baby. And he's like, well, you don't have a choice. So he tried to remove the stitch while I was laying there, which is very common practice, but I am very sensitive. I had a very sensitive cervix. I still do. It's just, it's not a happy chappy. Um, so he's like, okay, let's pop the epidural in. Cause that's what I'd requested. I wanted an epidural and then we'll remove the stitch and then, you know, you'll, you'll give birth to this baby. So they try to do the epidural for an hour and a half straight. I'm screaming the entire time because it's hurting. Like they do a local anesthetic, but it's not supposed to hurt. It's supposed to be uncomfortable, but it shouldn't hurt. And I was screaming and he's like, you're fine. You're fine. This is obviously not my doctor. This is the anesthetist doing this. And um, my husband was like there supporting me being like, she's not okay. And he's like, she's fine. There's, it's not, I'm not hurting her. She's just being dramatic. Anyway, he, after an hour and a half, he's like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm like, oh, okay. So he lays me back down. And he says, the reason why you're in pain is because I was scraping your bone with the needle and that would be quite painful. And I'm like, well, so I was in pain then. And he said, yes, but I couldn't tell you what was happening because I didn't want you to panic. So I guess all of these doctors and midwives like are all on the same page, like don't tell her anything because she's going to freak out. But essentially he said, you don't have an epidural space. There is a space in your spine where, I don't know what the technical term is, but the epidural space where the epidural can go in. And I don't have that. In 15 years of him being in practice, he'd only have one other patient like that. So I was just very unlucky. So I had to make the decision of to deliver naturally with no drugs because I couldn't have pethidine because I don't know, I can't remember why, but I think it was because I was too far along, like in the labor or preemie or something like that. So I had to have gas and air and that was my only option. Um, and I wanted a C-section. I really badly wanted a C-section. And I said to them, can you please make the decision for me? Because I don't want to make the wrong choice. And obviously they are not allowed to do that. They explained the pros and cons and the pros of delivering a preemie naturally is that it can help squeeze the fluids out of their lungs, um, which can help them have a better chance at not needing as many breathing aids. Um, so that was the option that I chose for that reason. I desperately wanted to see a section, but I wanted to be knocked out for it. Like I didn't want to be awake for it. Um, and they said that that would be very dangerous for the baby because general anesthetic during pregnancy with a preemie, like unless they absolutely have to do it, um, they try and avoid it. And so they weren't going to allow me to be knocked out for it. So I didn't want that. Uh, I didn't want to be awake for it. So I decided natural delivery. And from then, everything was fairly smooth. I went and got sedated um, and went into surgery to remove the stitch. During that, my waters broke and I was I went immediately from the stitch being removed. I went from one centimeter or two centimeters dilated with a stitch in to six centimeters dilated and waters broken. So um, they placed a monitor on the baby's head with like a wire thing on his soft spot. And then I was in labor. So I labored for... From start to finish, I think I labored for like eight hours, but active labor was about six hours. So it got to about 7 p.m. and I'd been laboring, I don't know, for a few hours by that point and things were starting to get serious. My mum had just shown up. I was on the gas and air. They couldn't give me any more than 60% air, 40% gas. And I think it's usually 
60 gas, 40 air, but I was getting really sick and I just couldn't handle it. So I had fuck all drugs, um, fuck all medication to try and help the pain. And I have a very low pain threshold, or at least I thought I did. Um, turns out I'm, I'm pretty fucking tough after all. But um, got to about 7 p.m. and I started pushing and I was screaming my lungs out. It was so painful, obviously. You're birthing a human but it was really really bad um and I was in agony no position felt better I just I couldn't do it anymore I was getting very fatigued so I pushed for about an hour and 45 minutes before the doctor came in um and that's very normal standard practice like your midwives monitor you and then the doctor comes in to to deliver the baby at least at my hospital um and obviously if anything went wrong like they'd call the doctor he was at the hospital waiting essentially doing paperwork and stuff so he comes in and I, the moment he walks in, I lock eyes with him. I'm like, get this baby out. I want a C-section. I don't want to do this. And he's like, it's too late for a C-section. I said, well, do something because I'm in, ag- like, I can't do this. I'm done. And I was screaming. Like, it was very bad. And I couldn't work out why it hurt so bad because, I don't know, like, he's a premie. So they're like, he should just slide on out. They lied. Um, so essentially, during the pregnancy, my son was sunny side up so his spine was lined up with my spine and normally the baby is face down when they come out and I had like voiced this concern um during like the discussion of whether I was going to have a c-section or deliver naturally and um everyone was like oh you know he'll turn and they checked my belly and they could feel that he was sideways like so he was turning and normally they turn all the way before they start coming out so they reassured me it was it would be fine and honestly like I mean, they, they're not fortune tellers. They can only do their best. So it turns out that he was coming out sideways and he had gotten stuck. Very, very stuck. Um, hence why I couldn't get him out. Like I would push and his hair would come out. Um, and it's so funny because my husband has auburn or had auburnish hair. The older he's gotten, the darker his hair is. It's quite a dark brown now, but he's got like orange hair on his legs and arms and everything like that. So and his beard's like a, a dark ginger. And so I was pushing and his head would sort of just start to come out so you could see the hair and then it would go back in. Like it just, he was so stuck. Anyway, they said, oh, we can see his hair. Do you want to know what color it is? And I was like, is it Ranga? <laughs> Which is <laughs> no offense to anybody who has like red hair at all. I think red hair is so pretty and the complexion is so beautiful. But I was just like, yeah, it was just a moment that we all find hilarious. Um, anyway, and they're like, no, he's got brown hair. So I tried to push him out. It wouldn't happen. The doctor was like, okay, this is getting serious. Like we're getting, this is dangerous now. You need to get this baby out or you will die and this baby's going to die. And I'm like, okay, this is not good. And he was telling me that because I'd given up. I would not push anymore. I, my body would push obviously like the contractions. I, you know, it's involuntary. If you've ever given birth, you know that you don't have a choice. Like your body pushes whether you want to or not. And I had said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. Like I threw a tantrum pretty much because I was so fatigued and in so much pain. Um, anyway, they, he just said to me, he's like, you need, you need to do this. So he said to the midwife, call the anesthetist. She's going to have to go into theater. And they didn't tell me why until after the fact, but the plan was that they were going to have to cut me from breakfast to dinner. Like they would have had to literally completely cut open the wall of my vagina straight through to my rectum because he was that badly stuck. He would not come out. And I was so fatigued that I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't push anymore. So they said, get the anesthetist. And I'm like, okay, sweet. Like I'm, I didn't know what it meant, but I was like, 
all right, I'm going to get some drugs and I'm going to feel better. And he just looked me in the eye and he said, you need to push as hard as you can. We've got to get this baby out. I'm like, can't you just vacuum him out? Like I literally said, just vacuum him out because I know that they can do those little suction things on the head. And he said, if I do that, he will die. He's a preemie. We can't do a vacuum and we cannot do high level forceps because normally in a full term pregnancy, a delivery, they can use um, forceps, high level forceps that pulls the baby all the way out from your pelvis pretty much. Um, as long as the head is in the canal, this is my understanding, I could be wrong, but um, they can pull him out, same with the vacuum, but on a premature baby, they can't, do, it will kill the baby. So he said, we can't do that. I can only use low level forceps, but you need to get him down further for us to do that. And I was like, okay, well, all right. So he said, you need to push as hard as you can, just go. And they'd taken the gas off of me while I'd been pushing because apparently it can hinder like your ability to push and I I was so fatigued and so much pain that I couldn't do it anymore so they gave the gas back and that helped immensely just have something to bite on and like extra oxygen essentially so I pushed as hard as I could and very luckily got him down very low so like low enough to get him out with forceps and then the anesthetist came in I'm like good give me everything you've got. I want a spinal block. Like, give me something. And the doctor's like, we can't give you anything now. It's too late. And I was like, what do you mean it's too late? I was screaming at them to give me something. And he said, by the time it works, the baby will be out. Like, we can't give you anything. So the anesthetist is like, all right, well, I'll just stay and watch. Like, they just, the room is full of so many people because I had to have pediatricians and a whole bunch of pediatric nurses and everything because he was so early. Um, Anyway, he said, you just need to push as hard as you can. I'm going to put give you an episiotomy do you consent to that and I consented and I just shut my eyes from that point on and just huffed the gas because I didn't want to know what was happening and then he said once these forceps are on you need to push as hard as you can to help me get this baby out and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and that baby was not going anywhere my husband said because I had my eyes shut I did not see any of this happen Um, but my husband said that the doctor was reefing so hard like not reefing but like it was all legit like it was all done properly how it's supposed to I have full faith in that doctor like I still see him now I've seen him since I was 18 like he's wonderful um but the doctor was pulling so hard with those forceps that Jamie literally and this is very very graphic so just prepare yourselves but he literally thought that I the baby's head was going to be pulled off like that's how hard he was reefing and this baby was not budging um anyway he said to me he just yelled at me he's like you need to push as hard as you can because this baby's not going anywhere And I also forgot to mention that prior to that, they'd put a catheter in and drained my bladder. And they also, this is very TMI, but they also had to remove anything from my colon because obviously you poop during um, delivery and I wasn't pooping. I just was like, it was just staying there um, because the baby was blocking my rectum. So they had to remove that. And I'm not going to give you graphic details on how that happened, but I screamed the loudest out of the entire delivery over that. It was so excruciatingly painful. Anyway, so they had to get as much room as possible to get this baby out because he was so stuck. And they, he just kept saying, you need to push, you need to push because he's stuck. he has to come out, like you have to get him out. And so I pushed as hard as I could and luckily we finally got into a rhythm of I pushed at the exact same time that he pulled and he got his head out. And so after that, they removed the forceps. I shut my eyes and just fucking gave up. Like I was just laying there feeling like I literally lay there and I thought I was going to die. I was in so much pain. And if you've delivered naturally and you know – Um, even like I've heard with an epidural you can still feel the pressure but the pressure that you have from the shoulders sitting there ready to get pushed out is you literally feel like you're gonna be torn in half it was horrific and he's like I just need one more push from you and we'll get this baby out and I pushed as hard as I could they pulled the baby out apparently he cried from the moment his head came out Um, I didn't hear any of that I think I just sort of half blacked out 
they placed him on my chest um, and I didn't know because my eyes were shut and I just had this warm thing on my chest and I didn't realize it was the baby. And my mum and my husband were like, you need to open your eyes, your baby's here, your baby's here. And I opened my eyes and sure enough, my little grubby was sitting there with his nose all scrunched up, covered in gross crap um, and crying, which was great. And I, I just remember looking up because my mum and my husband were like standing over me and they were both sobbing and I just remember bursting into tears. And then they took Hunter away um, and just like just next to me into like that little heat lamp thing where they clean them off and check them and everything. And he was breathing on his own because he was crying. So he's breathing on his own. So they wrapped him up and just gave him back to me for literally 30 seconds because he's obviously he's premature and his nostrils had started flaring. So he's struggling to breathe. Um, so they took him away from me. They then gave me a needle in my leg, which they asked for consent first, of course, but I consented to that to try and get the placenta out. It helps. I don't know what it was, but it helps get the placenta out. It didn't work. My placenta was stuck. So again, very graphic, but the doctor literally had to reach his arm up there and pull the placenta out by hand, um, which was excruciatingly painful. Um, And then he stitched me up. I had a third degree tear so a third degree tear so I had an episiotomy on one side and then on the other side I tore as well which isn't surprising because of the forceps and the fact that the child came out sideways um but I yeah so a third degree tear is from your vagina straight through to your butthole so it doesn't go through your butthole so um a fourth degree tear is where you tear the full canal like you've got no nothing in between your rectum and your vagina it's just all open like open seas so I didn't have that luckily I was just short of it I had very very multiple stitches um throughout inside and outside um it took him a very long I think it was about 45 minutes of him stitching to stitch me up um and then everything was pretty fine afterwards I went and my mum showered me being the lovely person she is she gave me a shower and helped me out And then Hunter went into the NICU. I went in at around 11.30 p.m. So he was born at 9.05 p.m. Um, It was raining. It was on Father's Day. It was very good timing, I suppose, um, if you want to be all whimsical and fairy tale about it. But um, very graphic in reality. (laughs) Uh, Went into the NICU. I was hand expressed by one of the midwives. Luckily, I knew her very well. I'd known her since I was about 20 weeks pregnant, 21 weeks pregnant. So we were were close. Um, I felt like I was being milked by... Like, like a cow, essentially. Um, gave him to the colostrum. I was allowed to hold him. We could take photos. Um, and then, yeah, he was in a humidity crib. And then the next morning, he was breathing on his own. He spent about three weeks, or exactly three weeks, in the NICU. Um, he had jaundice during that time. So, he had to be under, the, like, the little blue lights and stuff like that. Um, and he just had a bit of trouble feeding. That was why he was there for so long, because he was breathing on his own. He never needed CPAP or anything like that. He just needed a humidity crib to um, regulate his temperature for 12 hours and then he was he was doing well. I recovered fairly reasonably well um, other than my stitches tore open. A couple of them did and got infected, so I had to go on antibiotics. But um, yeah, otherwise everything was pretty smooth sailing after that. But I had my six-week checkup. Um, as you do afterwards, and the doctor said to me I would not be allowed to deliver naturally again because it was very he, – he's like – he literally walked in. He's like, they don't fall out, do they? And I'm like, do you mean the stitches? And he's just like, no, the baby. And I'm like, no, not a good time. And he's like, yeah, so if you do choose to have more children, you will not be delivering naturally ever again. I That's not allowed. Like, it's not recommended. It's so dangerous, and um, it could have gone a lot worse. And I was like, yep, no worries. So – 
that was pretty much it. That's the full birth story. I know that was very long and very graphic, um, but you can see why I couldn't fit it all in one TikTok video now. But yes, if you have any questions or anything like that, please leave them on my TikTok. Um, again, it's Neurodivergent Diaries if you are new here. But yeah, that is my birth story. Sorry if I traumatized you. Also, just a little disclaimer as well. This is not the huge. Like most deliveries are fairly smooth. Um, this is just, you know, if you know me and you will get to know me in these podcasts, but if you follow me on TikTok, you know that if anything can go wrong, it will for me. So my body's just, we have a joke that my body's not compatible with life. Um, and yeah, it's just, everything's a hard time for me. So um, yeah, hopefully you're not too traumatized. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for all of your support on TikTok. I love you guys so much and I appreciate you so much. If you have any requests at all for future podcasts, please leave them in the comments on my TikTok videos. Any of the videos you can just comment on. I, I read all of my comments, so don't feel like you've got to find a specific post about my podcast. But yes, that is it. I'm going to stop rambling now. Sorry if your ears are bleeding afterwards. Um, but yeah, hopefully these podcasts will come out weekly. That is the plan. It just depends how many we can get recorded. I'm waiting on some microphones to show up um, that my husband and I can use like we've got individual ones like those little ones that sort of clip onto your shirt or whatever um, so hopefully they will be here in the next week or so and we can try them out and it'll just be a much smoother podcast experience but um, yeah in the meantime hopefully I'll have another podcast out in the next week or so but otherwise I'll see you guys on TikTok thank you again I love you all and I will talk to you in my next episode bye <laughs>